Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the Gospel of the Day. I am Chuck Kalazi. Today is Monday, the 19th of February, 2024. It is the Monday of the first week of Lent, and our reading today is from the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, <coughs> When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome, naked, and you gave me no clothing, ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So one thing that strikes me when I read this reading or hear this reading is, first of all, the reality of heaven. We need to talk about heaven and hell. And I understand you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. In other words, we need to talk about heaven more than hell because heaven is what we were made for. It's, it's who we are. We are citizens of heaven. Uh, but also, we need to talk about heaven in this life. In other words, yes, this life is not going to be some perfect bliss. We're never going to find that here on earth. But we can find a relationship with Jesus, and that brings with it the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So the joys of heaven can be experienced to some degree on this earth. The miraculous can be experienced to some degree on this earth. A lot of good can be experienced while we're here on this earth. And so, yes, we need to talk about these things. But at least for academic purposes, if not for the bigger purpose of just knowing the truth, uh, it's important to talk about heaven and hell. And it's, I mean, this is why Our Lady showed the children at Fatima heaven and hell and how real they are and the reality that many people are being lost. I just don't understand so many people that I know that are Christian that don't go to church don't practice their faith. It's not a priority for them. I don't know what they think is going to happen. Maybe they're just in denial. But the reality is, and this is what I wanted to focus on today, with heaven and hell, and even if we're talking about a life of heaven or a life of hell on this earth, to a lesser degree, there is a transformation that occurs. 
If we are baptized, first of all, if we say we follow Christ, there should be a transformation. When we start living the life of the damned here on earth, there is a negative transformation. But ultimately, see, since we still go back and forth so much in this world, ultimately after judgment, there will be a full-fledged transformation. Now, a lot of my Protestant friends don't believe in purgatory, and so they think there's going to be this radical transformation that puts you into the life of heaven immediately. If you, I mean, as Catholics, we say that being in the state of grace, and and they would agree generally with the conditions for being in the state of grace, that is not having any unrepentant mortal sins. Um, But as Catholics, we believe that there still is an opportunity for transformation after death, which is why we pray for the souls in purgatory. We always have prayed for the holy souls for 2,000 years. And in the book of Maccabees, in the Old Testament, they were praying for the souls of the dead. That was, uh, scripturally speaking, that's where that tradition begins. But anyway, without this being an argument about purgatory or whether it exists or not, the reality is when we die, when we live here on this earth, even if we are very good, even if we follow Jesus, we are not perfect. In heaven, there is perfection. There cannot be pride in heaven. There cannot be selfishness in heaven. There can't be any lust in heaven. Just as we were made to be in the Garden of Eden before the fall, even more so in heaven. In heaven, we are united with Christ. We're united with the Father through Jesus in the Holy Spirit. And there is perfection. And ultimately, our bodies will join us. There is bodily perfection. In hell, even if there's still some good to us, if we die in a state of unrepentant mortal sin, all that goodness is gone. And in hell, there is a total transformation that occurs where we become like the demons. And I don't really feel like talking about that. That's enough to say right there, because that's horrifying. And I pray that I always find that horrifying. And I pray that I always repent of my sins, get to confession as soon as I can. But even if I'm not there yet, I'm praying and I'm repenting. And I'm asking the Lord for his pardon and his help. And telling him I love him and thanking him for all the good that he's done. This is the life of the blessed. But it's it's so much more. But anyway, and, and that's what we're aiming for. What we're aiming for, and, and so it helps us to understand There is a life of the blessed. There is a life of perfection, and that's what we're called to. As I was saying yesterday in my sermon, we can't get there on our own. We can't do it on our own. We can't affect this transformation on our own. We can cooperate with it. We can give assent to it. God has to do the work, though. And he wants to do the work. He loves us. He wants to transform us so that we can be one with him. It's it's not just being like him, although that's true. But it's literally being him, literally being a member of his body, the church, the body of Christ. The Lord wants to completely perfect us so that there's capacity for the fullness of joy when all sin is wiped away. There's capacity for true peace when we're united with the Lord, praising the Lord forever and ever, and all selfishness is removed, all lies all greed, all envy, all sloth, when all of it is wiped away. So that's the first major point I wanted to make. And how when, I mean, as Jesus is talking about here, our service of other people, helping the poor, helping the sick, helping those in need, 
This goes hand in hand with that transformation. In some ways, it causes the transformation. Although we don't want to get caught up in a secular philanthropy, we do all things in the name of Christ because this is Jesus acting for his poor in his church. And it's also Jesus is on both ends of a charitable act. In other words, we represent Jesus. We are Christ to others. Hopefully, this is what we're trying to do. And we see Christ in the one in need. Jesus says, whatever you do for my brothers and sisters, you do for me. As we heard in the gospel reading today. So there's a transformation that goes hand in hand with service. And so I just thought of some, uh, I mean, this is just important for us to be thinking about as we are doing good for others, as we are being more patient with others, as we are being more gentle, more kind, more loving, more of service, we are becoming Christ more and more. It's, it's, it's a circular thing. It goes back and forth. That makes us become more like Christ, more in one with Christ, but in becoming more united with Christ, such as through prayer, through the sacraments, then we naturally become more and more a man, a woman of charity. It all goes together. We're cooperating with the grace of God to affect this transformation. So we have St. Paul. I'm just thinking of some radical transformations that I can think of and how suddenly then there's a life of service. St. Paul thrown off his horse, immediately converted by almighty God. He was killing Christians. Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? makes him blind, gives him back his sight, and now he spends the rest of his life heroically serving Christianity, spreading the truth of Jesus. I was thinking of St. Francis of Assisi, spoiled rich kid. I And I, I you know, I have so many books on St. Francis, and I haven't read one in a while, and I forget all the little details, but I know there were moments of his transformation, such as when he met the leper, out in public, it was in the middle of town. The leper shouldn't have even been there. The, I mean, according to their rules, the leper was begging. He was initially repulsed by this leper. Once again, spoiled rich kid. Ew, sick person, get out of my way. And the Lord touched his heart at that moment. And there was this radical transformation. It's one of the moments in his conversion that was very crucial. And he said, no, no, I'm sorry. Do you need money? Here's money. Here, you know what? Take my wallet. Well, you know what? Take my coat. You know what? Take my entire outfit. You know what? I'm going to give my entire life now to serving lepers. Radical, radical transformation that goes hand in hand with service. I think of, oh, and I forget his name, the attacker of St. Maria Goretti. St. Maria Goretti died as a martyr for purity. The, uh, I want to say his name was Alessandro, but I forget Anyway, I, I mentioned one day, I was teaching one day, this is like 20 years ago, I was teaching some kids about what happened to Maria Goretti, and they were like, oh, what a story, you know, that's so horrible, that happened to her, and and I said, and I just, off the cuff, I wasn't thinking of what I was saying, I said, yeah, she became a saint very quickly, she's a virgin martyr, and uh, the guy that attacked her, he's probably going to be a saint one day too, and the kids were horrified, and I thought, all right, you can't just say that, you need to give a little bridge, you need to connect the story. The reality is, she appeared to him after death, she forgave him before she died, he <coughs> spent time in jail, he was forgiven by Maria's mother and her family, and then he lived a life of radical penance and radical charity, and he just, he spent the rest of his life doing penance for his sin. 
I believe he was actually at the canonization with Maria's mother in Rome. And because he then lived a life of penance and charity, yes, Rome has considered opening up his cause. And I don't know exactly where they are with it right now, but um, that's our faith. That's the reality. Paul killed Christians. He did a lot of a lot worse than the attacker of St. Maria Goretti. St. Paul now is considered the apostle to the Gentiles. He's one of our top saints, high-level saints, and he murdered. So if we can forgive St. Paul, we can forgive this other man. But yes, transformation goes hand in hand with service. And I'm thinking, I believe yesterday was the feast of St. Bernadette, and we know the feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. It was a week ago, and I just think of the... Uh, the religious superior in the convent. Now, in the movie, in the book, The Song of Bernadette, they also make the same woman Bernadette's teacher, but in real life, she wasn't her teacher. But Mother Valzu, who thought Bernadette was faking, when in reality, she had, uh, they called it tuberculosis of the bone. She already had horrible asthma. Bernadette was in horrible pain. She suffered greatly, and she didn't complain. And this woman tortured Bernadette she accused her of many things. She persecuted her. She was very jealous of her. And then when she found out what Bernadette was suffering, she realized what a saint Bernadette truly was. And until the moment of Bernadette's death, this woman took care of her night and day, carried her around, ministered to her. A beautiful, beautiful story of a radical transformation of heart because she saw the bigger picture. When we are judgmental, towards others, we need to think of this example. You don't know the whole story. You don't know that person. You don't know what they've been through. And while it's true, everybody's going to be held responsible by God for their bad actions. Um, still, we are not to judge and we really have no idea what somebody's going through. And if we learn truly what somebody's going through, once again, I think of some of my students, some of these kids, like I think of one particular school where I worked, where there were a lot of poor kids. I mean, you want to get mad at the kids and you want to punish them. And then you hear like, oh, this kid doesn't have electricity in his house. This kid's father left when he was a baby. Uh, this kid was beaten horribly. This kid was in jail because he stole food when he was starving, when he was 10. I don't know. The list goes on and on. And when you truly find out somebody's story, then it would help us to be a lot more forgiving. But once again, it's the transformation. Before we get to heaven, we have to be transformed. The more transforming we do while we're here on earth, while we have so many chances, the better. It's always better, the saints tell us, to avoid purgatory altogether or to go there for a short time as opposed to either going to hell or spending centuries in purgatory. Think about it. We live on this earth. How long? The Bible says 70 years or 80 for those who are strong, right? And yet people, we're told, could spend hundreds of years in purgatory because of so many sins. What we need to do is be working constantly towards that transformation and Jesus tells us in our judgment, he will ask us, did you feed the hungry? Did you give drink to the thirsty? Did you clothe the naked? And there, you know, there's the corporal works of mercy. There's also the spiritual works of mercy. Did you teach the faith? Did you counsel those that needed it? Did you encourage those who were sad and depressed? And that list goes on and on. These are the works of mercy. And the church in its book of indulgences attaches indulgences to these various things, meaning 
if you have time, you know, penance that needs to be done in purgatory, that penance gets taken away because of our good works and, and the, both the corporal and the spiritual works of mercy. So we ask the Lord today through the intercession of Our Lady that he transform you and me and that he make us more and more like unto himself, a man, the, we're talking about Jesus here, the God-man who lived his life to heal us, to save us, to suffer for us, to cure us, to, uh, to be love, the love that God is. He asks us to follow in his footsteps and to be that love as well. Have a great day. God bless you. Mm-hmm.